Do, 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 do. His name is Scott Minor. Do, 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 do. And this is his podcast. Hi. Um, that never gets old for me. So it's funny. I committed on Friday uh, last week to do one of these Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And instantly, Mondays ended up uh, not happening. Um, could have probably done it anyway, but I had some kind of conflicts and just was not able to, to do it easily without uh, really screwing up my schedule. Not gonna make that a common occurrence and I'm gonna try to keep on this cadence. So today is the 8th of April, uh, 2020, and uh, it's the morning, but uh, Bernie just uh, stopped his campaign for president and uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed, but also the, the way that I see it, it's, I hate to say this, but I mean, it's like you see the train heading toward the cliff and when it goes over the cliff, especially if there's nothing that you've been able to do and you have had this experience before where you can see the thing coming and it still happens. Um, it's not the, it's not as disappointing as it might've been, but it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happens. I, I see it coming. Um, I, I truly believe, and I fucking hope I'm wrong here. I truly believe by November, uh, the stuff that the Trump campaign, Republicans, Fox, and all these guys will do um, to undermine Biden will get him to the point where people will be saying, well, Biden is just as bad as Trump, and then they'll stay home, and then they'll lose. Uh, Biden has 24% record low enthusiasm, like historical record low enthusiasm, um, at least for many decades. Um, Trump has very high enthusiasm. If you go to 538's Trump approval tracker, uh, two things have happened. One, this pandemic, which could have been curbed very early on and uh, could have easily been a much less severe and significant thing than it is, uh, were it not for his both inaction and almost willful action to increase harm, not, uh, not merely to let things happen. Um, someplace between negligence and recklessness. Uh, I'd say closer to the recklessness than the negligence. Uh, were it not for that, we could have maybe thousands of people dead in America, and uh, which would still be terrible, but it would be like a 9-11 kind of thing. Because of that, we're going to end up being lucky with about 100,000 dead, which is the, the combined total of the Americans who died in the Vietnam and Korean conflicts, wars, if you will, um, whether technically wars or not. And I mean, it's just staggering to me and kind of horrifying, frankly, that when you look at Trump's approval ratings, um, first off, since 2008, uh, and I recommend 538 has this Trump tracker, find that. Well, in fact, I might put a link in here. But since 2008, it's been steadily, steadily going up. Not fast, but steady. And I, I almost find that kind of a trend more frightening than what has happened recently where there's been a kind of sudden upswing in it. And again, 100,000 people, as many as killed in these two 
horrible wars. Um, totally, totally preventable. And his approval is going up. Now, if you look at polling, people are saying, well, he could have done more, but they're still happy with what he's doing. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's horrifying and you should be horrified. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that his reelection is inevitable, but I am saying that in 2016, I saw Hillary um, having odds variably between 50%, a coin toss, and about five out of six of winning. So like her odds of winning were between a coin toss and Russian roulette. A couple of times they tipped a little bit higher, um, but pretty much in that range. And that was enough to scare the shit out of me and get me to really bust my ass and campaign for her. Uh, not someone who I'm a huge fan of. And I, I made a bunch of calls, went out almost weekly, uh, knocking on doors in Arizona um, from, I think, August or maybe, maybe July, but certainly August through the first week of November. Um, up till the election. I think even as late as election day, I was out. And I, I just, um, that was 50% to losing Russian roulette of Trump winning. I really think with Biden, it's to be optimistic, like 5% chance of him winning, of, uh, of Biden winning, which is to say like a 95% chance of Trump getting reelected. And I think also it's worse than just that. I think he very likely will not only get reelected, but this time potentially win the popular vote. Um, I, I fucking hope I'm wrong again. And to some extent, I make this a call to action to uh, like, if you're listening to me, if you're watching this and you don't want Trump reelected as I don't, um, first off, I, in a desperate attempt to prevent what I see is now an almost inevitable re-election. I was, I declared I'm never Biden. A lot of people saw what I did in 2016 and they're like, ah, Scott says he's never Biden. But after, after Bernie drops out and Bernie says, you know, we gotta work together, we gotta get on board with Biden, Scott's gonna, Scott's gonna do the right thing. He does the right thing, that's what, uh, that's who he is. And yes, and I certainly, I don't know. I, it's, it's not that I don't want to do the right thing. It's that I believe, and, and this is borne out by my experience in 2016, I believe that I can do the right thing. I could spend from now until the election doing everything I can to try to get Joe elected. And I believe that it won't matter. It, I, I don't think it will make any difference. I couldn't help Hillary get elected and Joe is less likely to win than she was, in my estimation. Um, the thing that is horrific about that is that all of the landmines that are present in Biden are things that were completely foreseeable. Um, they're things that should have been obvious to anyone, and people are in such a fucking bubble where they're like, oh, Trump is so terrible. They don't have any encounter with the people who are kind of like the actual independents and air quote swing voters who they think Biden is going to appeal to. But these are often low information voters. They're people who are very swayable by a little tidbit here, a little tidbit there. And 
Biden has so many little tidbits that will give them credible whatabouts to go, well, you know, I don't see that Hillary is any better than Trump, so I'm just going to stay out or worse, vote for Trump. Uh, they're going to say, I don't see Biden is any better than Trump, so I'm going to not bother to vote. Um, and then also, like you have the Republicans who couldn't vote for Trump or wouldn't vote for Trump in 2016 because they thought he might you know, do something catastrophically bad. And as bad as this pandemic is, they don't see that. They see he get, got a big tax cut. He got um, some activist Republican judges. Uh, some is an understatement. He got a shit ton of them. Um, that is the true, just, you know, I mean, the poison that has been poured, the, the acid on our foundations. I mean, we've, we've had it for a long time. Just the Koch brothers have been, and, and not just the Koch brothers, but especially them, have been undermining public education, um, a lot of public services, all of these things for so long, um, in decades, really, that now we find ourselves in a place where people are extremely susceptible to bullshit. Um, it's, it's pretty tragic, actually. And you have people like Norquest who have pushed on this idea that taxation is intrinsically bad, it's intrinsically theft, um, so much, you know, I, I love the reductive argument that these people come to, which is basically, you know, fundamentally, and I've heard Pendulette say this so many times, but fundamentally, if you're taxing me or any rule that you make, at the end, that is enforced by someone with a gun pointing it at my head, uh, which is technically, I guess, true. I mean, you can kind of see in a very toy model, um, simplistic picture, okay, maybe. Although I tend to, in my, in my estimation, government is more of a voluntary thing. I mean, it's not, um, obviously it's not voluntary in the sense like you don't pay your taxes, you're going to face consequences. But if you wanted to, you could move to Bolivia or you know, God knows where, someplace where you're not going to pay taxes or your taxes are going to be much lower, um, where you're not going to get all the things that we have here. And so, I mean, like the, the Trump team is going to sit there and they're going to pound on this Hunter thing. And again, like, I don't, I'm not saying that the Hunter thing was unethical. Um, I'm not saying there was anything wrong with it. I'm not saying it was illegal, but the thing is, it looks bad. Somebody who's unqualified, whose dad is the vice president getting paid 50 K per month for a job by someone who might want to influence the administration does not look good. It doesn't, it's, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of avoiding even the appearance of impropriety. And this is like going out of your way to look like there is impropriety. Um, whether there was or not, doesn't matter. It's enough to say, you know, Trump, probably the most corrupt president in the history of the Republic, certainly in my lifetime. And if you want to call him corrupt now, well, what about Hunter? And again, what about it's bullshit, doesn't matter, still is enough to get people to ignore the corruption argument. Um, similarly, and this is a, this is a great one, a lying. Um, Trump is a fucking huge liar. It, it's disgusting how much of a liar he is. And yet Biden, I mean, in, in 1988, Biden had to end his presidential campaign because he plagiarized. 
And I don't mean like copied a little bit. It's like, oh, you know, he just kind of borrowed from this guy. No, I mean, he like overtly took, like lifted contents of speeches. And you look in his history and it's not just that. I mean, he's done it. He's got a, a whole history of it. It's a lifelong thing from college through present. Um, in terms of, I mean, that's dishonest. Lying, I mean, I, I watched the debate between Bernie and Biden. And I got to tell you, like, the thing that scares me more about Biden, and I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not at all saying that Biden is as bad as Trump, but I do think in some respects he is. Because Biden is also a liar. But the difference is that when Biden lies, like if you go through that debate, he lied seven, eight times at least. I mean, he lied a bunch more, but those, like seven or eight fucking huge whoppers. And those whoppers are so big. And yet, if you didn't know it and you were watching it, you'd think like, oh yeah, he's totally telling the truth. That scares the shit out of me because at the very least, Trump, I'm not gonna say he's like an honest liar, but you have to be an idiot not to know that Trump is lying. Um, I mean, you know, it's like, which is not to say that there aren't plenty of idiots out there, but it's like a 419 scammer. Um, you have to be somewhat of an idiot to think this Nigerian prince is actually going to put a shit ton of money in your account if you just give them your information. Um, at, a, at a certain point, when somebody's taken in by a con man that obvious, you almost, I'm not saying I don't feel any sympathy for them, but you have to lose a little bit. Um, Joe is scarier because he's a better liar. Um, you have this whole thing where um, Joe is talking about, uh, you know, like his healthcare plan. And I, I understand, it's like, uh, a lot of people will say, oh, there's no real, all the Democrats are pretty much the same on healthcare. Not really, not really at all. I mean, you look at the ACA, the ACA is a heritage foundation plan. Um, it is Romney care. It was us bending over backwards, just trying to accommodate the Republicans because maybe if we're nice to them, maybe they'll just like us. Maybe if we give them the plan that they want, that market-based plan, maybe, please, please, sir, trust me, give it. And there's, they, they're laughing their asses off at us because all that accomplished, all that accomplished doing that, trying to cooperate with these people, uh, placating them in this way, all that accomplished was to give us a, a thing which was so fundamentally flawed that once it was instituted, a lot of people, I mean, it, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there are not good things about it, although those good things are being eroded as, as I speak, but there are things like pre-existing conditions. Big fucking deal. And I mean, legitimately, it is a big fucking deal. I know people who make a lot of money with a pre-existing condition who were stuck on COBRA paying an insane amount of money for insurance, and they could not get a plan pre-ACA. They're now on a plan. But I also know a lot of people, and I'll include myself here, where I got an ACA, I, I've been on the ACA for um, several years up until this past year, we finally got private insurance for my company. And I gotta tell you, like the, the, the group rate that we're paying is lower, like less than half of the gold plan, there was no platinum plan incidentally anymore, but less than half of the gold plan that I was paying. And the coverage is so much better the deductibles are much lower. The number of people who take my current plan is so much higher. 
Uh, the plan that I was on, that ACA plan, was terrible. And again, yes, you can argue, well, the Republicans undermined it and got us here. Yes. And you know, I mean, in a year, insurance rates are going to just fucking skyrocket. Like, it's going to be insane. Because all of these new cases of people who desperately need very expensive care, one of the big problems of our system is just that it costs so much. Um, all these people are going to get a lot of insurance claims, which means, of course, the insurance companies being for-profit, um, they're not going to want a big loss, so eh, let's ratchet up the rates. And it'll get insane. It's already insane, by the way, but it will get even more insane to the point where it's like Cobra has been. And you just look at that and it's like, ah. Oh. So Joe's whole plan, um, having a public option, I, I was totally for, incidentally, a public option when the ACA came out. And now I am 110% on the Medicare for all um, government-based like, single-payer system. And the reason for that, the reason then was, given where we were, that would have been a huge leap forward. And if you did it right, I mean, this is the big thing, if you did it right, then everybody would slowly trickle into that program and then everybody, you know, like ideally, eventually you get to universal coverage. What we're gonna end up having though instead is something where, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure of this, but I fully expect it. We'll get some kind of bullshit plan that uh, is a public option and that public option will leave as many people or nearly uninsured as we currently have. And even if that public option covers people who are not working or who have lost their job or whatever, um, what will end up happening is the for-profit companies will take your premiums while you're working, you'll pay in, and then you'll get sick, not be able to work, and uh, okay, you gotta go into the public plan. And how the public plan ends up being this high-risk pool, which gets concentrated for everybody who needs a lot of healthcare, which is expensive. And it's gonna end up basically subsidizing all the insurance companies whose profits will fucking skyrocket. And eventually the public plan will become so expensive that it's just not tenable and it will get destroyed. Um, the seeds, we're putting, it's, it's the most stupid thing because the seeds of everything's destruction are kind of baked into it already. But in this case, we're intentionally putting them there by going with this public option versus Medicare for all, uh, which incidentally, every exit poll that I see has huge support among Democrats, has very high support among independents, and a lot of support shockingly high among Republicans, Bernie's plan. And yet people are voting for Biden because they're convinced socialism is going to kill Bernie or would kill Bernie. Um, obviously now we can't do the experiment I don't think it would. And the reason I don't think it would is that every single fucking Democrat since Roosevelt has been accused of being a socialist. I mean, it's literally in the playbook. It's just the standard operating procedure. And so it's not that Bernie's not going to get attacked for it. It's that Joe is gonna get attacked for it. It's priced in. Obama, definitely not a socialist, got accused of being a socialist. Hillary, definitely not a socialist, got accused of being a socialist. Bill Clinton. I mean, you can go back, Carter, every, every fucking one since Roosevelt. Uh, truly, 
And I mean, like, go back to Kennedy or whatever, still. And so, yeah, I don't know. You look at this stuff and you just think, ah, oh, so dumb. So what I, what I see right now as our current position and trajectory is Biden's support, which is already very soft, gets eroded very badly to the point where even the people who are Democrats who are totally against Trump will kind of be like, ah, Biden kind of sucks, doesn't he? And then, I mean, I guess the one possibly, like, maybe thing that could work here is that Biden gets to the convention, kind of goes like, eh, I'm not going to do this. And then we get somebody else, get somebody else, uh, which is a crazy idea and I don't think is going to happen because now uh, Biden will have, like, he'll go in with a majority of delegates and unless it's negotiated in some way that makes that happen, then, you know. So I think that's like a crazy pipe dream. And assuming that it is, Biden is the nominee, and we're fucked. So with that, if you're listening to me and you don't want Trump to get reelected, please, by all means, do everything that I did in 2016 for Biden. Um, the stuff that I did for Hillary, you do that for Biden. I'm not voting for him. I committed to being never Biden, and again, I'm not going like, to... I said that and people are like, ah, Scott, you're winking at us. No, I, I said it, I committed to it, and you know, I've already lost, but I have to follow through. I mean, it's a whole, it's like if I establish that you can assume that I'm playing chicken and I'm not gonna, you know, just like lying to you to try to manipulate you, then I lose any credibility moving forward. I'm not going to do that. So take into consideration that you do not have my vote and not only should you try to make up for it with all that campaigning, you need to offset, like your vote alone maybe offsets mine. You need to get enough extra votes to get this guy to win. Um, although, I, even if he wins, like the thing that bothers me here, you can imagine a scenario, Biden wins and we get a majority in the Senate and the House. Not an unrealistic scenario. And we do this, now we've got 2008 again, where we have Democratic majorities. Maybe we don't have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate, but we could end the filibuster. And we have the opportunity to pass Medicare for all. We have the opportunity to do things that really matter and that people will feel. And Biden is gonna fuck that shit up. And not only is he gonna fuck that shit up, he's going to leave people, like in basically fertile soil, for the Republicans to come in and say, like, look, the Democrats are in charge and look at how little they're doing for you. And they won't be that wrong. It's a stupid thing. We're so afraid of being accused of being a socialist that we're not going to run the guy who's actually going to do the things that are worth doing that every other developed country has had for decades. Um, we're not going to do that because we're going, oh, God, they're going to call us a socialist, which they're going to fucking do anyway. We're so afraid of being called the tax and spend Democrats. And I mean, this is such an archaic term, given how horrible the Republicans are for, um, I mean, you look at what they do in terms of just ignoring the debt and deficit when a Republican is in office since Reagan. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but we're accused of being tax and spend Democrats. That's what we should fucking do. We should tax the shit out of the rich. And when I say that, I mean, we need tax brackets above like right now, the highest tax bracket is about a half a million dollars. 
I apologize if you hear the beeping. This is not a soundproof room. Um, but we need a right now the highest tax bracket is about a half a million dollars. So if you make money beyond that, you're paying, I think the current rate is 37.5% on that. That's regular income. So any money above ballpark half a million, 37.5%. If you are Jeff Bezos, 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 who gives a fuck? Uh, if you are that guy, richest dude in the world, his salary on paper is something like 80K. I don't know the exact number, but it's in that ballpark, which means he's not even paying the top tax bracket. He's not near the top tax rate. Any of the money that he actually has, all of that hundred something billion dollars, which I think I, I checked today, I think it's still like $110 billion, even with the market being way down. All of that money that he has is equity. It's Amazon stock, which means that if he does cash it in, which he doesn't need to do, but if he does liquidate some of it, he pays the top, he doesn't pay 37.5%. He doesn't even pay any of the income tax rates. He pays the top, tap of, top capital gains rate, which means he pays 20%. So he could cash out a billion dollars and pay 20% in taxes versus say my sister could make six or 700,000 and she's paying almost 40% on the top little bit of that. Somebody else can have a restaurant and make a couple million dollars a year, a little family restaurant that's kind of like doing okay. Um, when I say making, I mean revenue, not, uh, not necessarily profits, but say that their profits are enough that they're doing decently well. They could be making a million or two. They're paying more taxes than Bezos, um, and certainly in terms of percentage. And if he doesn't liquidate stock, or if he does some kind of swap or something like this that doesn't trigger a capital gains event, then he's not paying anything. And I gotta tell you, even at my level, which is very, very low, I'm not doing particularly well financially. I'm not uh, I'm not struggling, I'm doing okay, but I'm not wealthy by any means or stretch of the imagination. But even at my level, I have CPAs who tell me all of these ways legally to avoid tax liability. And it, it's crazy, actually. When you think about Bezos and Amazon with their resources, like they can engage an entire law firm to create kind of shadow companies or weird tax shelters or whatever to avoid paying any taxes at all. And they do. One of the biggest companies in the world, basically no taxes. Um, wealthiest dude in the world basically paying no taxes. It's, it's crazy. And some people do look at that and they're like, well, okay, what if you get charity? What if we have like um, Jack Dorsey? To his great credit, um, he's the founder of Twitter and Square. Uh, to his great credit, he just yesterday announced that he's going to contribute about a billion dollars of his Square equity to dealing with this, uh, this pandemic. And that's great, awesome. But the problem is, when you look at all of the billionaires who are not paying taxes, um, that is a drop in the bucket. And that drop in the bucket means that we, like, I mean, this has been studied. You can do, I'm not gonna provide citations here, but do some research. Um, charity, very generally, does not make up the delta for what we actually need in terms of basically just, you know, like keeping people from being on the bottom. We need to bring people up. About the only way that works historically to do that is through 
taxation and spending. Which gets me back to this, like the Democrats are always accused of being tax and spend Democrats. Fucking do that. Tax the shit out of the wealthy, get rid of the capital gains thing, and tax, you know, like maybe, okay, for somebody who's piddly in the low millions of dollars, they're just paying income tax. But add rates at like a million dollars, five and ten million dollars, or even a hundred million dollars. And at a hundred million dollars, you could be taxing people 95%. And they would still be stupidly wealthy, but they're not insanely wealthy and not paying. Make those taxes and get rid of the capital gains rate again, and then do things with that money that people will feel immediately. Do things that people will go, ah, the Democrats are doing good things for us. One thing in that stupid fucking uh, Republican tax plan that basically added a trillion and a half dollars to our debt uh, a few years ago, one of the cute things in there is that there was a small, tiny, tiny thing for middle class and poor people where they were getting a small break. And they had a timing thing in there where this was temporary up until shockingly this year. So when the Democrats get elected in, no matter what, there's this time bomb there ticking away. And if the Republicans are not in power, they let it blow up and then people will see their taxes go up. It's like, it doesn't have anything to do with the Democrats at all, but the Republicans have that story baked in. Um, it is shocking to me how bad we are at this stuff. I mean, the Republicans took Hillary Clinton, who I'm not saying, and again, she, she's very guilty of not avoiding even the appearance of impropriety. She's guilty of that for sure. But other than that, the Republicans who wanted to find anything on her investigated her many times over and found zilch. They exonerated her countless times. She's probably, I've said this, but I think probably the most exonerated person in history is Hillary Clinton. And yet they have convinced people to such an extent when I was campaigning for her in 2016, knock on door, it's a safe Democrat. They're like, well, I don't, I don't trust Hillary. The number of times I heard, I don't trust Hillary. She's just as bad as Trump. All these kinds of things from Democrats, safe Democrats, reliable Democrats. I mean, it's shocking. These people are great at marketing and this bullshit manipulation. And we are so fucking terrible at it. We let them define the parameters, the framing of all of these things, which means they've won before we've even started the battle. Uh, with Trump's impeachment, again, Trump, most corrupt, biggest liar. Uh, you can go through the list, horrible person. And we were not able to take his super guilty person and make people think that he's guilty. What the fuck is wrong with us? How can we not do that? Not only, like, I mean, I called, I called like two thirds of the house, which I assure you is a lot of fucking people to call. Even if you're just leaving a quick message with everybody. Uh, I was planning on going through all of them, but eventually, finally, Pelosi allowed an impeachment to go through. But I just, I was begging her and all these people, please do it, please do it for so long. And then they finally do it and they missed such an opportunity. First, they limited the scope to the point where it's this one thing that was just totally safe. And then people were able to forget about all of the ridiculous shit that Trump has done. I mean, the one thing that this guy has done that isn't 
work of art, honestly, is that he has a scandal that that scandal alone would have destroyed any previous presidency. Any previous administration would have just completely folded. And then next week, you'll have another one that makes you forget about the last week's one. And if you go back through the list, I mean, if I, start, if I enumerated them here, you would think that I was making that shit up. I would think that I was making it up because it's so over the top and ridiculous. So anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm very pessimistic. Um, in my opinion, Trump got reelected today. Uh, I'm not nearly as devastated as I was in 2016 by it because I've kind of made my peace that that's probably what's going to happen. I made my peace a long time ago. Uh, like, I'm not an idiot. I knew Bernie was probably going to lose um, the nomination. Not that shocked that this has happened. Um, and I, again, hope I'm very badly shown to be wrong. But uh, if I, you know, if I'm not, Trump is reelected today. And so I'm not going to have the two weeks of double insomnia where I barely sleep at all that I had in 2016 when Trump was elected because it's already happened. I'm already, in my mind, it's basically a fait accompli. It's not that I see it coming, it's basically already happened. Um, and, and worse, even if Biden wins and we get the majorities and he squanders them, which I expect, then we lose those majorities in 2022 and we lose the presidency in 2024. So we're kind of fucked in that situation. Like neither one of those, the, the best outcome I can see, and this is horrible, is for Trump to win and then in 2024, AOC or somebody um, with fewer of Bernie's flaws takes the mantle and becomes president. And uh, that's, that's, I think, our only hope at this point. And I'm not that optimistic about it. Uh, if Biden wins, like the, the second maybe channel, and again, I think this is a pipe dream, but maybe there's some monkey business at the convention and Biden doesn't get the nomination. We'll see what happens there. If that happens, I can at least fucking vote for somebody, maybe. Although I'm going to be very irritated that, um, yeah, I, I, like you took this fucking thing where, I mean, to some extent you could argue Bernie has already won because when you look at the polling, the exit polling, people under 45 consistently lean Bernie. Um, they're way on board with Medicare for all, all of these things. The people over 45 went the other way. Um, they're afraid of socialism. Yeah. But uh, you look at that and you're like, well, okay, five, ten years from now, we've won. Probably. Assuming that Trump doesn't, uh, doesn't do something horrible and assuming that Biden doesn't lay the groundwork for somebody worse than Trump, which I think is a, a very distinct possibility. You know, as bad as Trump is, we're like, oh, Trump is terrible. Um, I remember thinking W was as bad as it gets. And you look back and there are people who are wrong, but there are people now saying, you know, like, I, I miss W. I wish we, you know, they're wrong. W was terrible. Trump is worse. Very easily get somebody even worse than him uh, who makes us look back nostalgically on Trump because at least Trump is incompetent. At least Trump is a terrible liar. I mean, if he was competent and doing the same shit that he's doing, it'd be scary as hell. And, uh, yeah. So, I, I really hope 
that I'm wrong again. I hope that, um, I hope a year from now, things are just all peachy and we've got Medicare for all passed and uh, you know things are just going, you know, like looking amazing. We actually have undone some of the horrible shit that this administration has done. Uh, because it, it's, again, not just like even getting out of the corruption, like all of these things which are blatantly illegal and unethical that his administration has done, all of these things that just blow your fucking mind. Like just from the beginning, I mean, this is not, if you knew Trump at all, this was no surprise. But in 2017, after he was inaugurated or just before, I don't remember, he had Sherry Dillon come on with a bunch of stacks of paper. Um, one of many lawyers who should be disbarred, by the way. But Sherry Dillon comes on, tells the world, oh, Trump is divested. Uh, you know, he's, the, he's now got his equity and a blind trust and all of this is that. Saturday Night Live mocked this with more, more credible props than they had. I mean, theirs literally looked like they just had blank sheets of paper in big stacks, didn't even make an effort to mess them up. Saturday Night Live, they looked like, oh yeah, these have actually been opened and done, you know, somebody did something with. Um, I, I'm really convinced, like, I, I hesitate to say, like, somebody doesn't deserve representation. Everybody deserves a representation. It's one of the precepts of um, just fundamental philosophy of law, um, at least as I see it. Everybody deserves representation. But the problem with Trump is that he will demand that anyone representing him behave grossly unethically, which means that if Trump is being represented by somebody, either they're going to behave ethically and they will no longer represent him, or they are going to behave unethically, continue to be his representative, and basically they should be disbarred. Those are people that should not be allowed to practice law. They should have their license removed. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to me that Sherry Dillon continues to this day to be a lawyer. Um, Giuliani should have been disbarred. You can go through like all of these fucking people and literally like every single one of his attorneys should be disbarred. I, I do not think there's an exception to that because their client would not tolerate it if, he if they behaved ethically. But anyway, with all of that, um, obviously I'm a little agitated here. I will hopefully stop talking about politics a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it's always gonna be like a through line. Yeah, but um, I had other things that I preferred to talk about today uh, that I will get to next time. Um, with that, thank you very much. Say Jen.